the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All righty. Hi. Well, this is uh, Stacy Dollar. <laughs> filling it starts with an S. Welcome back. Yes. Oh, thanks, John. Thank you so much, yes, for filling in last week. We uh, we got off of Thanksgiving break, and I hate to miss these early weeks because this is the start. But it's also a great opportunity to uh, for, to really just hear the word. Um, so I don't feel too guilty about missing it because I know that you'll get to hear John and you'll get to hear um, the readings, which is what this program is really all about: um, listening to God's word and not, not just. You know, listening to it once. I I love the the annual. There's every year, every um, going through it because every time you get something new out of it. I mean, you've probably been listening to these chapters and verses. We're going to approach, you know, of course, Christmas coming up, and you're going to hear a lot of Luke being read, and it just never gets old. Every year, there's always something so sweet, and I love the rhythm of the readings. I love being in Psalm and then going into Exodus, and then next week uh, being, are we, we're still in Exodus next week, but then getting to hear um, a little bit of the Gospels as we get closer to Christmas, and um, it just seems like each time, not only in the specific passages, but reading these passages in view of the whole context, the whole um, whole context of Scripture is just really special. So I hope you enjoyed getting to listen last week to some of the readings. Um, we read Exodus chapters 6 through 25. If you missed those readings on Sunday, you can go always online, thebiblelive.com or biblelive.com and go to programs and you'll have the whole archive of readings. And so you can just, uh, with, with really great recap of what each readings are. So if you're thinking, oh, I really want to learn more and read those chapters in Exodus about, you know, the burning bush, um, you'll be able to find that pretty easily and you can listen to that. And here's some really great commentary. Um, it's not about the commentary, but Dad does do a wonderful job of just 
kind of putting things in context and putting a few little special nuggets and then uh, out there so that when you do listen, you know kind of what's going on and what you can kind of pull, what you can pull and not. So uh, dad is in the studio uh, just for everybody's peace of mind. I'm not yes, on my own I here. Am here. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, he is here. Yes. Clap, clap. Um, and doing well. But, you know, he's teaching out at Lackland in really early morning and a lot of classes. And it's pretty, it's, it's exhausting and tiring for anyone who hasn't had a stroke eight months ago. <laughs> and so it's especially tiring. And so uh, we're glad you're here. Thank you. Feel- I had a special experience uh, this morning, oh, wow. Stacy. Okay. I don't know if I've, I've even told you yet. No. <clears throat> this past week, I got an email okay. from uh, uh, my past uh Long, long ago, uh, when I was living at the Boyd's Ranch, Mm -hmm. I was seven years old Mm -hmm. when I, after one of the Bible studies in the chapel there at the ranch, I went to Mr. Wayne Roars, and he was a chaplain, and I told him, Mr. Roars, I want to have Jesus in my life. Mm-hmm. I want to know the Lord, mm-hmm. and uh, can you help me get come to know the Lord? So, uh, Mr. Roars counseled me. We got down on our knees, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart and to be my Savior and my Lord. And that was... 66 or 67 years ago now, mm-hmm. and he'd been with me all the time, and God has walked me through a tremendous life of adventure and challenge, uh, way beyond what I ever dreamed would be possible uh, for me. Uh, and now, after 50 years on mission field, uh, we come now, and God is allowing us us to share the gospel with hundreds of thousands of young people every every two years, three years, uh, basically just every year we're <laughs> just talking yeah. to so many. Well, this morning, uh, a young man named, uh, well, I won't tell his name. Okay. <laughs> I have a feeling it you might get a young end with man an R or start with an R. Was in the in the uh, an alpha class mm-hmm. that Suzanne taught the class, and um, he is the grandson oh. of Mr. Roars, the chaplain who led me to faith in Christ no sixty-seven years ago. Wow! And that's something. Oh. And we sat, saw each other. <gasps> God's answer. Oh. <laughs> he did not know his, dad, his grandfather well. Uh, Mr. Roars died, right. I think, about 10 years ago. Okay. He did not know him super well. but So uh, he was probably, this boy was probably about eight yeah, when his grandfather died. But he died. knows the Lord, uh, oh. and uh, he was proud and happy. And when I... How did he know that stand. you were? Hmm? How did he? So, so he just happened to be, happened to enlist and was going well, through his basic. Dad, see, 
Mr. Roy's son, his dad was my age. We right. oh, he was a right. little boy when I was a little yes. boy. Uh-huh. And so somehow he got a hold of me, he found me and uh probably Googled Sophie sure. Sophie Dollar <laughs> uh-huh. or something. Uh-huh. And he wrote me an email Sophie you remember me? Um, oh, the, the, and he told and you he that told his, son, his, his son, his son, oh, he, it's his son by marriage. Okay. His son-in-law uh-huh. okay. uh, was coming. Oh, I and see. And so I was kind of prepared, and I asked the class. Uh, I, I went to Suzanne's class first, and uh, is there someone here named? Yes, and right. he stood up, <gasps> and I said... <laughs> I told them the story, and uh, it was a real special treat. That is really neat. I love that. Blast from the past, Blast from the past, and uh, just God's hand all over that when it comes to just the full circle and small world, all those those things. Uh, Of course, I couldn't single... It was yes, hard, you know, right. we're singling can, out course. one right. individual trainee out oh, of all these So hundreds. he's married. Wow, but I, but they all appreciate you. They I gave a real great yes. round of applause. It's always neat to We're happy. Mm-hmm. They saw the the wonder of the yes. specialness of it. Right. And uh, I told them, well, oh. I've been in ministry so long. I probably met at one time or another Every one of your parents, parents and grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they kind of laughed a little bit at that. But it was a special treat oh. for sure. The way God works yes. is so amazing to me. Yeah. It just shows he, I always love that. What is that, Benjamin? God works in the affairs of man. When it if yeah. a, you know, he governs. He, gov, God he governs, governs in, in the, the affairs, affairs of, man. of men and uh-huh. women. If yeah. a spare, what if a if a, if a sparrow cannot fall without him knowing yeah. um, these this nation I mean that was of course Ben Franklin's quote of course talking about just nation building and the whole process yeah. that goes into that and uh it's but but yes and every day just in everyday events how he is moving he is working and it is always for the good, for the, those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He is mm-hmm. working and moving on our behalf and to his glory and to his benefit. I love how you always say he is calling out a people for himself. And everything that is done and everything um, in our own lives, we can rest assured that he is working towards that good end of, uh, of a people for himself in a in a land in a and what we could you know how we always it reminds me of that C.S. Lewis quote you know if we have longings um, that uh, are for the most part have a way of being satisfied in this world so you're thirsty there's such thing as water you're hungry there's food there's kind of these things physically that you long for and there's a there's something that meets and satisfies those longings well if you find in yourself a longing for which nothing in this world will satisfy the uh, logical conclusion is that well that satisfaction it wasn't it's not in this world 
world, <laughs> that longing does have something that will meet it, but it's just not in, in this world. Um, and what we're longing for is heaven, ultimately. I mean, we're longing for that great reunion, um, that beautiful sunrise that is an eternal sunrise. That's, <laughs> that, that's our promised land. That's our promised land. Absolutely. Nice, Dad. Great picture of <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. In, in, uh, yes. In absolutely. Land flowing with milk and honey. Um, and I love that um, phrase just because it gives something to uh, that we can relate with. You know, it's not just this ethereal, emotional experience. It's a very real, tangible milk and honey. Um, he he is all of those things. He yes. is he is the great um, provider, and he he is that he's the. What, there's a God shaped vacuum in the heart of every man that will not be. Uh, let's see. There's a God satisfied. that is not be satisfied, but by anything created, Reason. but by only the Creator Himself. Um, and he made known Jesus through Christ. Jesus Christ and his word. I love how our pastor, um, Pastor Michael Novick, I go to Trinity Grace Church, and whenever we read scripture, whenever he reads a passage, he always ends it with, this is God's word, and he gives it to us because he loves us and he wants us to know him. And uh, I just think that's I always I love that sweet reminder. It's not just because he wants notoriety or wants fame or he gives it to you personally because he wants you to know him, know how he operates, knows and um and he, he and he loves you. He loves you and he wants you to know him. In every page of the Bible, every book of the Bible, mm-hmm. two things are happening. Okay. Well, <laughs> a, lot a lot of things, things that happen, happening, but always but these two things. Okay. In broad terms, God in that moment, in that time, is drawing out a people for himself mm-hmm. right there in that time by his relationship with them and by the situations, the circumstances of the life he's using it to draw men and women to himself. Mm-hmm. For example, here we got Moses and born and put out on the water, then you know, the whole story of Moses' yes. birth and call to ministry and so on. And at the same time the people of Israel being held in bondage in Egypt, so they're growing up in slavery, mm-hmm. forgetting slowly slowly but surely forgetting the one true God uh, who had called Abraham the ancestor to follow him and then you got the Egyptians who are under under uh, polythe- polytheism false gods and so on so God is calling people out in that environment but at the same time he's preparing the way, preparing the ground for even greater exposure. Uh, so he's talking nation building, right, as you right. said, Stacey, and the people of Israel. He's going to use Moses and so on to their experiences mm-hmm. in Mount Sinai mm-hmm. to prepare them 
to continue drawing even more and more people right. to himself. So it's always about the harvest in right. one way or another, directly that moment right. or Personally. preparing for future uh-huh. harvest. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I love that because it's also so, it's such a personal, I mean, every single day, how is he doing that in your life? And then big picture, how do you see him working in your life? Yes, but also in in the world around sure. you. How do you see, and we might not know, and, you know, it might be a little bit of a mystery, and that's okay. Um, and that's but that aspect. Sure but you it. can be sure that he is doing it. Yes, that's right. And and rest in that and find some find freedom in that. I think that's where that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven idea of where heaven and for, for you personally, you you can have that experience of heaven even here on this earth that he he has it is that's what the cross is it is finished all of that uh in terms of the work of the of that of the harvest it is it is finished and he is the one that is carrying that heavy burden and you can rest assured in his sovereignty and in his plan just steady on stay on the path <laughs> the straight you know pilgrim's progress stay on the path and those arrows will not get you um just stay on that path stay in his word and um and you'll get there we'll get there <laughs> well those early chapters of the book of exodus they tell us the story of yes. Moses right. first, mm-hmm. how he came it around. Now, Moses is one of those figures of the Bible mm-hmm. that is considered a type of right. Jesus. Uh, he's uh, his men of birth and uh, so on. He... Uh, Mm-hmm. Was special born. He was raised by in the palaces of Egypt, with all the advantages and all the education of Egypt. But he is there to bring out the people of Israel. So the early early chapters of Exodus are about Moses and his calling, and uh, and then you get into chapter six. It's where he gets into the interesting part about his confrontation with the Pharaoh. Right. He goes back. Now, he's 40-something years old. He's 80 now. Oh, good. He, had, he lived 40 years in Egypt. <laughs> he lived 40 years in the land of Midian, mm-hmm. uh, shepherding the sheep and so on, marrying. He got children. And now at 80 years of age, he, God appeared to him in a burning bush and calls him to this major task of calling the people of Israel back out of Egypt and taking them back to the promised land. Mm-hmm. And remember, Jacob and Joseph both as don't bury us in Egypt but when God takes you out and back to the promised land, take me back with you. Mm-hmm. So th- that's why we see Moses is going to be a primary instrument 
in taking the people out, uh, out of Egypt. Of course, most people are familiar with this, I think. I don't know. I don't know how many... Um, many times I'm afraid I probably overestimate how much Bible, of the Bible people know. But we've seen the movie The Exodus and the <laughs> yes. Ten Commandments. Well, I think even and so that, maybe though, we've seen... Uh, we're familiar yeah. with the story. Yes, the Prince of Egypt, right? We've seen yeah. that. <laughs> um, uh, yes, well, I will say one thing. We don't have much time before we get to the break, but I'm going to try and get this in just because it wasn't actually in our reading this past week, the the bush, the burning bush. Um, but I will say something about God's holiness. Uh, there's, a, well, at the at the at the bush and then also in the mountain when God gives them the Ten Commandments. There's a lot of direction to not touch the mountain, to not come near because it's dangerous. And that idea is, of course, that God's presence, very presence, is not just um, kind of a dangerous in this sort of um, – it's it's not an exaggeration of dangerous. It's his very presence is literally it's dangerous when you hear is a holy God and the best metaphor, the best example or explanation I have heard of this was from the Bible Project and they had it's one of their earliest earliest videos and I don't know that many people have actually well. well seen it or at least when I've talked to has remembered it but it's on holiness and they uh, uh, they equate and talk about God's holiness like the sun and here if we tried the sun is powerful it's amazing it's got it's very good without it the earth would cease to exist it is an amazing thing but if you get too close to it I mean you will just be is incinerated and uh, incinerated and uh, just immediately it's dangerous and, but you could say the sun s u n is is holy it's unique utterly unique powerful it stands alone in our atmosphere or in our uh, galaxy i guess um but it is dangerous if we and it's dangerous if we try to get near it without the proper protection or without being equally in some way powerful or ready. And they equate God's holiness to that. God is holy. And therein is the trouble. How can God, how can we have this closeness, this relationship, if he will destroy us just by us being in his presence? How then can we be intimate with with God? How can we know him? And um and so I just like to keep that in mind that that's kind of the great problem here is so Moses, you know, of course, the, the burning bush, you have these little snippets um, of where God does show at least a part of himself without destroying. And even that is a foretaste, a hint of what might be coming down the line. Of course, ultimately, Jesus himself, it God came and uh, that was his solution that was his way of being able to bridge that divide he came to us in a way that we could we we would not be destroyed being in his presence and, uh, and then he paid of course our our paid our penalty which was death he paid that for us 
and then gave us that ability to, again, by Jesus and what he did, be able to have that oneness and that relationship again with the creator, with our God, and to be called actually holy ourselves. He was able, we, was that imputed, that imputed righteousness, not because of what we did, but because of what he has done that we can be called holy and again, be able to be in his presence and have that intimacy. And so I, I just like to have that kind of, you know, in mind, there's a lot of especially in Exodus and Leviticus, talk of holiness, the holy of holies, the mountain, the burning bush. And so keeping that um, definition and metaphor in mind. This is the Bible Live, and we're reading through the book of Exodus. We're talking about that reading, and we're so glad you're here. Stay, hang in there with us after this break. Uh, Enjoy this good music, and we'll be back in a little bit. This is Stacy, his daughter, and we're so glad to be here. I'm so, I'm so glad we can officially be playing some Christmas music. Um, I waited till December. I know. Thank you. Very tasteful. Good job, John. Uh, it's so fun, and we're excited to be in that Advent season, that season of waiting. Um, yeah. Do you have your calendar? I do. We're on day three. Let's see our reading today. Um, and the Advent reading is Isaiah 11, I believe, um, which is fascinating. Yes, because... All of this, uh, you know, Dad, we were just talking during the break about God, you know, he's working in Israel and all of this. Not only is he working Moses and on that personal level delivering, but what is he doing in the big scheme? He's building and paving the way so that 1500 years from Exodus, little Mary can have give birth in Bethlehem to a baby Jesus. And uh, what a neat thing that is. And in Isaiah, you get the, he, the prophecy of the Messiah. And he talks um, in Isaiah 11 about all these nations in these groups and um, that someday a child will be born and he will he will have everybody in line. <laughs> all of these, all of all will bow to him. He will be the king of those kings. He'll be. This was uh, actually yesterday. 
let's see, yesterday's reading was the wonderful counselor, mighty God, um, that famous Isaiah 9 um, verses. But it's just beautiful. You know, you think 1,500 years, and maybe at one point I would have thought that's a long time. <laughs> but anymore, like my son turns 10 tomorrow. And I mean, that flew by like 10, 1500 years. It's I can, it's starting to feel like a lot, a lot less time. Actually, I could see that. I could see how 1500 years. Welcome to my world. (laughs) I bet. Yes. That probably only gets more acute, doesn't it? More and more wonderful though. Yes. Um, But we are in the readings this past week, Exodus chapter 6 through 25. And let's do dig into this. We've kind of talked around a lot of it. Um, Let's see. It was written about 1500 B.C. Um, They have – there's quite a – there's a – I think it was 1250 to 1450 is sort of the, the exact dates. They're not quite mm-hmm. sure, but somewhere in there. Um, Moses, so a lot of uh, the early Genesis, Exodus, the, it was an oral tradition. So a lot of what was passed down was um, spoken and was uh, given you know, to generation by, by just telling the story. And uh, and then I guess at a, a certain point, <laughs> Moses, and that was probably a part of you know his education was in the palaces. He was very well educated. He knew, I'm sure, the value of written um, languages and writing things down as the Egyptians did, and you know value that. And uh, and so it's no surprise, and that was very much a part of I'm sure God's. Plan that his people would also have a written word of these stories and of the telling. And I mean, it's really one of the things I remember watching a documentary on um, on the Jew on Jews, Jewish nation and the Jews. And uh, and they were saying one of the most uh, one of the things that has really held them together first as a religion, I guess, um, but was the having this written, having scripture from so early on. I mean, this is, you know, we might think that it's late or that it's far from when it was actually, or, or, but this scripture, no other religion, no other like, has a basis, has such early writings as Christianity. Um, so it's, it's really does stand alone. Um, in that way, which let that I don't I don't know if that I mean I guess that's probably not a surprise. God's good like that. Yeah. <laughs> he does um, put things in motion that, like had, that that help us. We had a guest uh, one time yeah, on the Bible Live. He was a uh, filmmaker and a uh, an author mm-hmm. who had researched the idea of uh, was there writing. There are some people who have doubted that there was writing at that time and that Moses could not have written the book of Genesis. But uh, he proved rather clearly that he he was capable and that it was dated at Mm -hmm. about being written about that time. And, of course, uh, the Garden of Eden and the beginning, the flood, Tower of Babel, uh, these 
stories from mankind had been passed down through oral mm-hmm. oral tradition for many centuries, and that's not a second-rate uh, source of information mm-hmm. because these were very important stories to the people, and they were careful to pass them down carefully and accurately, and then Moses was able to glean from the oral tradition and write down, put them in writing, uh, more of a permanent and dependable uh, format. And of course, we can can trace their transmission from that time forward very clearly. And it's very accurate mm-hmm. and very carefully preserved. So it's, God God gave us a book. He Isn't did. He gave Isn't us that a book. nice? And uh, he gave it to us because he loves us and, and he wants he, us to know him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's good. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Michael. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Novak. Um, Yes, and uh, I also, I you know, I I go back to that longing thing to you know that idea of this is a C.S. Lewis concept or C.S. Lewis um, uh, yeah. logic uh, that if in the, for the most part, if humans have a longing for something, there is something that satisfies that longing that is good and that is a. A, a good thing, and he uses the example of you're thirsty, there's water. If you're hungry, there's food. He's created kind of these desires and things that meet those desires. And if there's a longing for kind of an intellectual, for it to make sense, if there's longing for it to make sense, if there's a longing for uh, that to be satisfied, if there's a longing for writing, storytelling, knowing and understanding your past and kind of then, um, I mean, the Bible satisfies that far better than any other. I can't think of any other source that is so, I mean, this is so full circle. It gives you, it gives you so many answers to so many of life's questions. And, uh, um, so I, I, of course, I'm a big fan. I love it. And <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worthy of reading every yeah, single yeah. year and listening to at thebiblelive.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we so we're in Exodus. Moses, about 1,500 years ago, um, and uh, the plagues, we might throw, this is probably a fairly well-known passages. I mean, of course, the Ten Commandments, the Prince of Egypt, this is, uh, you know, this is that story. This is uh, Moses in the basket, and uh, it is probably in terms of, uh, I mean, just from, uh, for Jewish cultures, from for Jew- this is, this was their moment. I mean, they would have been... You know, if they had stayed in slavery, if they had, you know, a lot of ifs, I guess. Um, I mean, but this this was it. Moses was their deliverer. And in that way, he is a type of Jesus. He is their Messiah in this moment. He is who, get you know, takes them out of slavery and uh, and takes them, well, not into the promised land, but right on the brink of the promised land to freedom. Yes. And that is the um, that is the picture. I mean, that is that is what um, I think this is the first taste of seeing. I mean, it, it literally seeing 
from slavery. It's not a metaphor. <laughs> I think we, from this point on, can see how God does this as a metaphor in our lives. But very literally, he took a, his people, a people, uh, out of slavery and into freedom. And it's just fascinating to see what that looks like, how they respond to that, um, what what it's like for the Egyptians to see that, and the uh, you know how the pharaohs how Pharaoh fought it and what he did to try and not you know let, let that happen, um, and how God worked and moved to ensure that it did. I mean, it wasn't particularly easy. It took steps of faith from. All from from everyone, not just Moses. Um, I love the interaction between Moses and Aaron, uh, and uh, you know, Mo, and I love that Moses did not particularly want to do this. That he didn't he didn't feel confident. He didn't think he was a great speaker. Um, I for some I I. I gravitate to, I can identify, I guess, with that part because um, I, I like that. I love that, actually. That's a really neat thing. Um, he he was, he thought he kind of fumbled his words, I guess. He didn't think he was very eloquent, wasn't very convincing. And of course, I, I think that that would be a lot of our initial reaction is, no, not me. Um, but God was kind and, well, Aaron will go with you and he'll help you and um, maybe that's the first little picture of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that. And then Miriam um, and her role in it. And it's just, it's it's a neat. I am going to ask a couple of questions. Um, we still have some time in our second segment. And then we have a whole third segment. So I'm going to put some questions out there because it is such a well-known um uh, passage, and I'll give you the passages as well if you're listening and don't know but want to look it up. Um, these are fun. I love this question. Trusting in God's promise of deliverance from Egypt, how were the people to dress as they ate the roasted lamb or goat? Um, from, let's see, and that is from, so Exodus chapter 12, verse 11. That's- Passover meal. Yeah, for the, right. When they're, uh, for the Passover meal, for their Passover meal, trusting in God's promise of deliverance from Egypt, how were the people to dress as they ate the roasted lamb or goat? Uh, and I think that's a very, of course, I don't, yes. I'm um, not the, sure that there were that many options for attire, yeah. but <laughs> there, there we go. Statement. But uh, also a good question might be, why was it called the Passover meal? Okay. Okay, that's great. Why was it called the Passover meal in the first place? Um, I think that one, I don't, um, well, yes. And then one more question. Let's do, uh, I think this is fascinating because it speaks to just God's sovereignty and his power and just the human nature. I mean, some things don't change. (laughs) But um, how were the Israelites able to plunder the Egyptians taking much of the wealth of the land with them as they left, as they escaped. So in what way were the Israelites able to plunder the Egyptians taking a lot of the wealth of the land with them? And that's Exodus chapter 12, um, 35 
and 36, verses 35 and 36. Uh, one thing that's really neat, this was uh, the reading where we got to listen to the oldest recorded song in the world, at least written song. John, you would like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> we just need some music put to it. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah. John um, is our great uh, music, yeah. authority. What do you call it when you know when you know all of this un- unimportant information? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he takes no, what do they call it? Trivia, trivia. Yeah, trivia. He knows everything. Trivial, uh, but. <laughs> the oldest recorded song in history. Mm-hmm. Written, oldest written down song at least. Is, uh, oh, not an actual, not an actual disc. Record. No, we no. can't play it. Well, I guess we can. But Moses, Moses' song well, in I it. Played it. Chapter you I played you this did? last week. I sang it. Did you really? I sang it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he spoke it at I least. It, yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that just because, um, well, we are going through the book of Luke in our Bible study, and we are on Mary's song right now, the Magnificent, of course. And uh, so it's neat to see, and it's just so human, too. I mean, for from the beginning of time, I mean, then not, but this. That is so we sing, beautiful. We sing. At these. Mary, what Mary's response mm-hmm. to this incredible event in her life, right. her response was so, so wonderful. Yes. It, inspiring, really was. Oh, it's beautiful. And then, uh, and to be able, and then Zachariah's song, and uh, and then Mary's, a lot of them, you know, they, they would have definitely known the story of, Samuel and Hannah. Hannah, and so we, you know, we have Hannah's song, song. and uh, I just, I, I love that they probably would have also known of this one, and this is Moses' song, um, song to the Lord, uh, a, a, a song of rescue, a song of, and that's just not much has each of those songs, um, that same theme. God is so good. He is powerful. He is worthy of praise. And it's, uh, it, it, I, I don't know, maybe just being a music, my you know, appreciator of music. I mean, isn't this all of us, though? Of course we would sing at an event like this. Um, and that it's recorded, the Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and army he has hurled into the sea. The finest of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The weep, the deep waters gushed over them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. I mean, Egypt was everything at at this time in history. I mean, who would have thought for them to be able to escape with their lives and find freedom to be let go? And then for Pharaoh's armies to come after them and then be destroyed and them to... yeah, it's just it's. They saw a lot. I mean, they really saw some stuff. Over the sea parted, the waters came down on their enemies. Then they thought that they were going to be captured and killed. After all of it, the Passover, the plagues. Whew, 
In fact, I'm kind of surprised Moses is just now singing. <laughs> I mean, weren't there some? Hadn't he sung before this? Um, well, but this is the one that's recorded and written down, and uh, it's it's great, and it sets I think the tone <laughs> pun maybe intended, but it sets the tone. Um, I mean, you see songs and David, uh, a lot of the Psalms, um, and a people who are prone. To worship, to worship in sing and praise uh, their God for what he has done. And we do that today. When you go into your church, you visit and you get around uh, people that love God and who um, God has called to them and who are the local church and they will sing. <laughs> they will probably within, um, you know, within 20 minutes of being around them, either they will quote a song or sing a song or want to play some music because we are people that love to worship um, our creator. Uh, we've got about five minutes in this segment. I will read these questions one more time. We are in the book of Exodus. This is the Bible Live. If you uh, want to call in, 210-340-9585. And we had these questions. Trusting in God's promise of deliverance from Egypt, how were the people to dress as they ate the roasted lamb or goat for the Passover meal? And that's in Exodus chapter 12, verse 11. And then we were also wondering why it is called the Passover meal. Um, why is it called the Passover meal? And then the last question is, see if I can remember. Yes. How were the Israelites able to plunder the Egyptians, taking much of the wealth of the land with them as they escaped? So how were they able to get out, not only get out, but with a lot of Egyptian wealth at the same time? And this is so God. <laughs> this is, and that's in uh, Exodus chapter 12, verse 35 and 36. And that's one you might not have necessarily caught in a, you know, you don't usually, you don't necessarily catch that in a first read through. So it's real fun. I feel like that's a, a little part that you, you get maybe on the second or third reading through. You know, I, I don't know if there's any real relationship between one event and the other, but that made me think all of a sudden about Jesus when he was born. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. The wise that men neat? brought yep. these gifts mm -hmm. for this, Mary and yeah. Joseph were, were poor. poor. They were dirt poor, and they didn't have a uh, place where she could uh, room, or in the end, it, she was. Uh, it, in the stable, and they these men come from the west, from the east, the uh, the magi, mm -hmm. and they give them gifts of extremely uh, rare and extravagant <laughs> gifts: mm -hmm. gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the the most money or worth thing they've ever had. Oh. And you think, well, why would, what did, it, what did Mary and Joseph do with that very expensive gift? What happened? Mm -hmm. and, and then we realized that Jesus, when he got to be about two years of age, Herod 
was killing all the children, oh. trying to get rid of this king that was coming. And they had run down to Egypt, <laughs> and they li lived in Egypt some period of time. Yeah. And, and then out of Egypt, I have called my son. That's one of the prophecies. And, and they probably, it is thought, lived on the gold, right. frankincense, and myrrh mm -hmm. while they were in Egypt escaping the slaughter of the innocent right. by Herod. Mm -hmm. So remember how I said, they're either calling out the people in this moment or he's preparing the way yeah. for a future event right. to call yes. even more people to himself. Right. Right. Uh, I, I hadn't put the gifts from the Magi together with the gifts of coming out of Egypt here. But, uh, and maybe there's not a relationship, but uh, yeah. they're both gifts. Absolutely. <laughs> and it speaks to just, you know, to his provision. I mean, I think that that's something that all of us at, at living I mean, a life, ultimately, we live lives of faith. I mean, we do mm. not know uh, where necess what's going to happen tomorrow. We do not know. We, there's no... You know, that the sun's going to rise and the sun's going to set and where meal's going to come from, those things we can plan and we can try. Um, but that speaks to so many of our experience of his provision. Mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, some, some of it's, you know, we, yeah, we might not know where even our next meal or where our, our child's next meal is going to come. And uh, he, he provides even sometimes from, from our friends, and sometimes even from our enemies yeah. or what we thought were our right. enemies. Right. He is creative and good. And uh, and it's really fun to read that and get that assurance from these pages. Uh, I love that part of the, you know, this is God's word and he gives it to us because he loves us. And he wants us to know him. So what does this say about God's character? What is this saying about who he is and what he promises? Um, all right. Well, there's our beautiful music. Thank you, John. And uh, so it's the end of our second segment. We will go to a quick break and come back. I think we have a phone call. Uh, if you have any, uh, if anybody else wants to call in, 210-340-9585. We'll go through these questions. And I can't wait to hear from you. All right. We'll be back in a little bit. Joy. And we do. Whoa, and we do bring 
This is the Bible line. I don't know who that was. You don't know either. who that was, but Ooh, who was it? I'd have to look it up. Oh, you know, I, I have a request. Not for next week, I guess. My <laughs> new uh, favorite. I, there is a Christmas song, "The Christmas Waltz," which I think is evidently a, a pretty common. It's a it's a song that well known. I mean, I didn't know it was. I'd heard it, but I kind of passed over it. I guess <laughs> pass over it. Um, but Phil Wickham did a version of it, the Christmas Waltz, and it is so he did such a great job, his his version of it. And I cannot get it. I've been playing it almost nonstop. It's just a sweet little uh it's a waltz. And so it's a, a three quarter time. It's a really frosted window. It's real pretty. But uh anyway, it's kind of more of a throwback Christmas. It's uh just a sweet one to dance to or put up lights. But we have Alan on the phone. Sorry, Alan, to keep you waiting. Um, you there, Alan? I'm here. Oh, can you hear me? Right. Yes, we, we can hear you. Um, were you calling in about one of the questions, or do you had some thoughts on Passover? I, 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 I'm gonna answer, I was going to answer one of your questions. Yes. Okay. Day. Which one? Uh, I read, um, uh, just read uh, Exodus 12, verse 35, 36, and it, uh, Moses yeah. told the Israelites to ask um, mm-hmm. the Egyptians for gold and silver, and, and, and God had made them willing to give it to them. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, they just asked. So yeah. plunder was That's a little amazing. bit of a... Of a misleading <laughs> word. Yeah, they, it wasn't really a plunder. But right. <laughs> but I guess it was 400 a 400-year payback. Yeah, yes, that's right. <laughs> that's, there was yeah. the, that's what they Minimal were owed wage, from. right? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but isn't that uh, so neat? And I, I think, I guess, probably kudos to the Israelites for obeying and being, you know, okay, trusting and asking. And Unfortunately, they used it kind of. Yes, Not that's really well. They that's made a true. Calf right. Now that's true. Some of it. Some of it. Some of it was used to build the tabernacle, mm-hmm. though. And so yeah, that's true. That's kind true. Kind of a mixed bag, I guess. Right. Yeah. But I did think it was so, neat, too, that some of the Egyptians, yeah. not only was their favor, were they willing to give them, but uh, some Egyptians even joined and went with the Israelites. I think probably having seen what they saw and experienced all of all of it when they you know they weighed it all in the balance they thought we're going with this with this with this guys <laughs> we're going with them and they became a part people. of God's people I really love that what did you think Alan you you're, you're right that the um, that it, it's uh, um, it's it's a part of the God's word that you don't really catch right right, right away it's true yes it, it's, it's but it, you know, it, it just emphasizes how God is is in all this. Right. That's right. And and and, and you know the uh, you know Israel is leaving Egypt, and he's helping them by 
beefing up their finances. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. And that this time of year, that's really encouraging, isn't it? That's good to, he, he cares though. He recognizes the human condition and that that is a part of, of this, of life. I mean, food to eat and finances to be able to get, right. you know, right. and he, I, yeah, he cares. I, I went to a Bible study today. It was on stewardship and oh, yeah. The key thing I got out of it was that all the money is God's money. And when we when we give it back to him, and we're just giving what's already his. Right. That's, That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, how are you, Alan? You're good? I, How's your Christmas I, season? Well, I, I'm, I'm doing well. I went to one Christmas party last Saturday. I'm going to another oh, one next Saturday. Fine. So I, of Christmas to, parties, to, right? Yeah. To, yeah. No, these aren't raucous parties. Right. Uh, no, it's a celebration. Christian party. Absolutely. People, Christian brothers and sisters getting together. But I, I did have wanted to ask something. Okay. Um, I know that Soapy Dollar has uh, uh, Christmas songs that he yes. has sung in the past that um, has secular tunes. Right. Yes. And uh, I was wondering how how I could get um, the words and chords and all that. Oh, aren't they so fun? I love those. My son had a little birthday party, and I actually played them in the car to the to the kids, and they got such a they loved it. Dad, uh, I didn't really? told him that, but you can find them um, on the website. Dad is telling me on, so, your, on your website. Yes, so go to BibleLive dot com, and you might have to navigate a little bit. To, I think it might be either under resources or okay. other, but um, but yes, they are up on the website. Okay. I wonder if they're I'll anywhere else, but we'll try and get, we, every now and then we'll have John, John play some of them too. And then between, but, but the, yes, on the yeah. website, Alan, they're I'm glad you asked that. Christmas, Christmas parties that you've been going right. to. Right. Yeah, that, yes. That, that'll, that'll motivate me to play my guitar. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I, yes. I keep, they're I perfect putting, for that. I keep putting it off. You oh, know, yeah. You pick it, pick it up. Yes. That's why yeah. I love that Exodus, you know, that they include Moses's song. And I mean, that's the kind of, that is the people of God. We, we love to worship. Um, uh, he has done good things. He is magnificent. And it's so fun to be able to use our talents and our voice to sing praises back to him. And, uh, yeah, that's 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 really fun. You play that guitar, Alan. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. Oh, I love that. Well, thanks so much for right. calling in. Have a wonderful evening. We'll, st- uh, we'll finish up, I guess, on Exodus here. Um, okay. Thanks, Alan. We'll talk Bye. to you. Yeah, call again soon. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Um, well, we have quite a bit actually still to cover. I get kind of hung up in, uh, um, of course, the Exodus, which is a lot of fun. But we get through all the way to the Tabernacle um, in Chapter Twenty Five and the Commandments, and so we have a lot of good stuff. Um, I'll kind of some of the things that uh, you know we even get through Moses and sort of that you know that moment of anger when he throws the branch uh, into the water. No, that is not when he. It's when he hits the rock. All right, so we have a lot of that 
uh, and you kind of wonder, what is God doing in all of it? Some of it does seem a little bit mundane, I think, and a little bit, I don't know if, uh, you know, he hits the rock instead of speaking to it or it can, I mean, it's, it's a lot of time wandering in a wilderness. <laughs> it's a lot of people. It's a lot of trying to, okay, I, I'll maybe from a personal experience is what I'm trying to say. Yesterday, I had to drive a group of six 10-year-old boys, maybe 10 miles from one place to another. <laughs> and it was the longest, most rowdy, <laughs> crazy 10 miles. And I could see how trying to get this group of people um, just from, I mean, they wow. aren't traveling very far, um, but trying to, and, and it can be complicated and things that you just didn't think would come up would come up. And, uh, and I guess in that way, it's uh, maybe an interesting, so when you read, I guess, Exodus and some of these parts, um, just remember again, maybe that big picture of what God's trying to do. He's not just trying to it's not about just this group it's about nation building it's about a people group it's about like you said 1500 years later little mary in bethlehem giving birth and uh, and to it to a baby and having been able to kind of to get from this this point <laughs> to that point um not again not just but but on on the on kind of the world scale, um, and you know when we get to the Gospels and when we start talking a little bit about empires and the Roman Empire and the uniqueness of that time when it comes to roads and languages and peace, and uh, and why just at that moment was that perfect moment for the Messiah to be able to just you know just. Change time, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, literally from you know, BC to AD. But uh, so he's 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 working with this with this group. Uh, some of it is very practical. Um, some of it is very miraculous. Manna, you know the the food. Um, I think a lot of Exodus I, when I read it, maybe from a parent perspective, it really reminds me of like the toddler years, <laughs> a lot of this early, you know, okay, here are your rules. <laughs> here are your 10 commandments. <laughs> and it's very basic. And you kind of even think, did they not have this before? Did they not think of this before? But they really, I, you know, they really didn't. They were, uh, this is God laying the groundwork. This is why Moses is in, uh, isn't he in, chiseled in the Supreme Court. This is the the Supreme Court. I think the entrance to the Supreme Court has uh, famous lawgivers, you know, and uh, Moses is included in there. This is that famous beginning of where he's really laying the groundwork for a people group and how they are going to function and operate. And uh, I I think that's that uh, there's that quote Gandalf says to Frodo all the time, like I'm, I'm, or I don't know if it's fair. I'm not trying to, or to Bilbo, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. And that's, I think, a lot of times, too, what 
God is having to try and tell these Israelites who are so unruly and just like little toddlers and maybe this first taste of, quote, you know, freedom. And uh, God said, I'm not trying to confine you. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to help you. And uh, I could just hear him say, help me help you. (laughs) Help me a little. Well, well, that's very interesting. And I, I think it. It helps us to know what we do going on, and then we can give uh, some meaning and some uh, uh, understanding yeah. of some of the things that happened. For example, uh, he w- told them uh, one of your questions was yes. uh, when they left uh, Egypt, the Passover meal. Right. Well, How are you they to remember dress? one of the first things God begins to give them is a calendar. Interesting. A calendar. You've yeah. got a holidays and month. Slaves don't need a, a calendar. Right. Free people have a calendar oh. and they keep their traditions and they understand the year and they make their plans. Uh-huh. Slaves don't make their own plans. Right. And so they never had a calendar. Right. And so God gives them a calendar. Uh, uh, beginning with this, this meal, the, they're going to commemorate their coming out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And the, when we see the big the big purpose that God had, it makes sense at some of the small details. Right. Uh, now and then, why Moses got in trouble for striking the rock mm-hmm. instead of speaking to the rock, uh, it's a little bit of conjecture, although it shows, it explains fairly much in the context that he was... The rock, evidently, is a picture of the Messiah, the water of life thing. Mm, And he was told the first time to speak to the rock and the second, uh, no, to strike the rock and the second time to speak. And uh, he, he didn't do that. He didn't follow instruction. And the indication seems to be that it would maybe a little bit of pride. Mm. See how I can, got this water right, come right. For you, out for you. And so it might have been that. It's kind of hard to attribute motivations mm-hmm. with what we've been told. But uh, when we know the bigger picture, a lot of times we can bring lessons out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I would... I'm always uh, entertained by the idea uh, of the manna, the God, manna, manna. And it uh, it literally means, what is it? (laughs) So the people... So the people saw this out on the ground and said, what What is is it? it? (laughs) Reminds me of the whatchamacallit. That they can eat it. So... uh, yeah, that's the kind of the idea. Uh, what do we call, what are we going to name it? it? Well, wh- what what you call it? it? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's it? Let's just call it what you call it. You know, <laughs> but uh, 
that, that is the way we got and understand how they got food. And it's an amazing thing, feeding a million people for 40 years, right. manna, quail. Uh, now, now remember the people, as they traveled through the wilderness, and of course we're really basically just at, at, at Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai now, Sinai now, but as they traveled through the wilderness, they had inner they had uh, relationships with the people groups in the nations they were traveling around. And so I imagine there was some trading done and they right. food or whatever, I don't mm -hmm. know. But basically they were supplied, the food supplied, the manna and the quail was supernaturally provided for them over these years, and that—that that is amazing. That, that amazing. had to have said something to the people groups that that knew of this strange nomadic group. Like, how did they survive? I'm sure that was a question. Would, do you think maybe the manna and God's provision? Maybe the manna is a picture of God's word for mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. This is our. Spiritual right. oh, food yes. as we're wandering through in this, this desert. Oh man, yeah. Maybe uh, man is a picture of of the Bible for right. it, the, the book of the, that God had to give us. I have often thought that if I did not have God's word and that direction and that, um, I mean, history and those questions answered. How how do people do it? I have often said, how how do people who don't know the Lord, how, how do they do it? It's unsurvivable, um, this world, without him and his word. Um, that's know, a good... There's something to that. I, I want to mention, we love and appreciate and thank God for his word. Mm -hmm. uh, of the book, the yes, written word. Right. But yes. the truth is, anything that God reveals to us about himself mm -hmm. or about ourselves, any truth mm -hmm. that God reveals to us is correctly named and understood to be God's word. And there was God's word did exist before the Bible. Remember, we have general revelation, mm -hmm. right. creation, a consciousness, and conscience are three aspects. God revealed himself through creation around us, through our own human consciousness, the God-shaped vacuum that's in our right. hearts, right. and, and through uh, conscience, good and evil. Mm -hmm. These are ways that they are... They are another form of God's word. Right. And, and people who lived in this time, most of what they knew about God came from nature, the creation, the wind, the moon, the seasons, the clouds, mm -hmm. God's provision, God's power, all of the... That's what Paul tells us in the book of Romans. So uh, right. God's word, and even 
today, Stacey, uh, as much advanced as we may be, much of the world uh, has their initial contact with God. They bump into God for the first time in their life through nature, mm, through yeah. the the mountains, uh, right. the, the rain, the, the and so on, the, uh, the crops. Mm-hmm. And so we still value general revelation, although we have this special revelation that God had given us in the Bible, in the book. Yes. Well, and of course that reminds me, I mean, speaking of word, I can't think of, I can't say word and Bible without John 1, 1. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot ever extinguish it. Um, That also makes me think of as you're talking that uh, sweet, that that moment between Jesus and Peter, when Jesus is when Jesus asks them, "Who do you say that I am?" and Peter answers, "You are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus says, "You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and upon all the powers of and the, all the powers of hell will not." conquer it. Um, But I've always loved that because it's just that sweet reminder that ultimately it is, uh, it's, uh, it is his, his word and it is a gift and, but it's his word in us, which is a work of the spirit. It's a work of his initiation. (laughs) He, he is knocking. He does the, the first move and it is just a, a step of faith and by grace that we open that door and receive him. It's his work and it's only with him indwelling us. That's the saving. That's the saving word of God is his indwelling. Um, I like that patch is also because it, it's one of those times when Peter got it right. (laughs) (laughs) At least once he got it right. Yeah, that's right. Now about, Two Five seconds or later. Ten minutes, minutes later, he had to say, "Get, Get behind, behind me, me Satan!" Satan. But uh, <laughs> referring he got to Peter right as Satan, first, but... <laughs> uh, for sure. Sweet Peter, that's right. Um, uh, and uh, but I mean, that's probably kind of all of us, isn't it? Yes, where it is, <laughs> we have those is. little nuggets and those moments where. God, it is not it is not us, but God with us and in us that gives us this truth, and then we turn around and blow it. But He's God is good um, and merciful. Well, let's see. We don't have much time. Our music is actually going to um, start producing. One of the things that I thought was really neat in this section is though some of the organization that Moses is called to. Again, this is probably why Moses is. You know, in our Supreme Court, um, did because, you answer your questions oh, already? Kind of, not really. Let's see. Passover is called Passover because that angel of death passed over that household as long as the house had the blood on the um, door on the doors. Yes, and then they were told to dress in traveling clothes because they had to be ready to to travel. Um, We'll talk a little bit more, Ten Commandments and 
some of the organization of the Israelites next time. It has been so much fun. Uh, This is The Bible Live, and we'll finish up Exodus this week, and uh, hope you'll join us. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.